Now, if you'll turn with me, I'm reading uh, from 1 Thessalonians, so my Bible's open. I have a little Cambridge that I've used for a few years now. I wear them out and uh, already got the spines already wore off on that side. I, this, I call this my teaching and preaching Bible. It's not my study Bible. I have several of those. And then, of course, I have all the computer uh, ver, uh, ones and, and so on. I got several dozen uh, printed and then different translations. Uh, even though I use the King James, I'm very proud of it. I like it. Just like the vast majority of all Christians that speak English, they use the King James Bible, even after 150 years of people trying to change that. It's a really interesting. But <clears throat> having said that, uh, when I open my, my Bible here, uh, I'm at the very last chapter of 1 Thessalonians. So, so I'm, I can look right at 2 Thessalonians. And all I'm doing is reading verse 18, which is surrounded by what, uh, if you have a Bible like mine, one, one thing I love about this little Bible is that it doesn't have a, a purposely want it to be mostly text, but it's nice because um, it doesn't take extra space to put the scriptures that, that you might want to look up. Let's say there's a word there. Let's say, if, if, let me ask you this. If the word concupiscence was in the verse, would you need to look that up? Well, most people would. In fact, in our culture, um, they say that the only way people can read a Bible in, in the modern culture is to have a third grade level Bible. That's, the, that's why we're seeing Bibles that are, uh, we might say, subpar. Now, the King James, of course, is uh, college level, way, pretty, pretty way up in college level. Of course, it's Elizabethan, even though it's been revised several times. It's still quite, uh, you might say, quite uh, complex. And some people dislike it for that reason. They, they want a Bible. For example, uh, the other day I was picked up a Bible and they had, um, it was uh, slang. It was a slang Bible. I was completely offended by it because it was, it was taking uh, a, a particular culture, doesn't matter which one. Uh, it just happened to be what we call a southern slang. But they, uh, I don't think it did very well. It probably only saw, I'm probably the only one that ever bought it. But anyway, um, I was interested to see how they handled the, the text of the Bible. And uh, they were basically rewriting the Bible into the l lingo of a common culture. For example, there's a rap Bible and so on. They, they do this to appeal to certain groups. And I understand the motivation. I'm not knocking it in the overall sense. But for me to put words in Scripture that, that are completely, to me, they violate my own conscience. When you put slang, I don't use slang that borders on cursing. I don't use it ever, and I certainly don't want to see it in my Bible. And so I put that Bible away where none of my kids or grandkids will ever see it. I don't want them reading that and thinking the Bible actually made those statements. But this little Bible takes the scripture that, let's say it was, I'm using concupiscence, which makes no difference what the word was. But then it will take you to another place where that word is easier. And it's, it's all in this little tiny Bible. And that's all there is. There's no words. There's nothing at the bottom. It doesn't say uh, God is great in, in, in the Baptist church, in the Methodist church. No, it doesn't do anything. like that. All it's got is a scripture reference. And it's so tiny that it's inside the verse. Oh, I wish I had thought I was going to tell you this. 
I've uh, been meaning to mention this several times earlier. And, and so, for example, on verse, let's see, verse 18. Verse 18 doesn't have one. But 15 says, see that none render evil for evil, but ever follow. And so there's a two on the word follow. And then the scripture for the number two is right inside the verse. In other words, it doesn't take any extra space to put the reference. And they're suggesting I should go to Galatians 6.10. And I like that in a Bible. And, uh, of course, we've got several apostolic Bibles that are coming out. And, and uh, I'm not super impressed yet, but they are really trying to get in the hands of people Bibles. Uh, you know, to me, the most exciting thing about a Bible would be to have right at the Scripture everything that you need to understand that verse. If it's complex translation, fix it. Fix it right next to it and say, here it is. And uh, how many knows the Bible is the greatest thing that we've ever been given? It's a great treasure. Praise God. In fact, the Spirit and the Word go together. They, they, are, they are meant to be together. And so we look here at verse 18, and it's, let's read it together. In everything... Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, because you'll notice here that I'm not giving you my full lesson title. And I've, I'm, I can tell right now that I'm feeling way too good and I'm not going to be able to cover what I need to cover. So I'm going to try not to feel good and I'm going to try to just get real stern so I can get through this whole Bible lesson because I want to talk about some concepts of Thanksgiving and I want to look at the first Thanksgiving for a moment. So we'll, we'll just take a few minutes. We don't have long. We'll just have a few minutes. And so <clears throat> there, there, our, our key scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And so my title is uh, not on the screen yet. Did someone uh, can, now what, what's on the screen is what? What do we have here? Give thanks. Okay, so that's good. That's found many, many places where it says give thanks all through the Psalms, through the Proverbs and so forth, lots of places. But that's not my title today. On on Wednesday, we had a Bible study. We taught on Thanksgiving and uh, really a prelude to what I was going to do this morning. And and we talked about it and it had an entirely different title. I'm going to come back to that later. I want to make a connection. But my title today is not just give thanks. How many knows that we should give thanks? And thanksgiving, that's just a backwards way. See, in English, you can put words the way you want. You can say give thanks. You can say thanksgiving. I mean, just whichever way you want to do it. And so uh, we, are, we give thanks, but that's not the entire verse. Uh, what, is the, what, is the, what does 1 Thessalonians 5.18 actually tell us to do? Not just give thanks, but what? In everything give thanks. So it tells us, everyone say it, in everything give thanks. Now I want to insist on that this morning. Not because it's easy and not because I think it's trite. Because I don't. Uh, I would say this is one of the toughest lessons that I ever learned. Uh, uh, our assistant pastor's here. I'm going to embarrass him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to, but... Uh, when Sister French and I married, we, uh, we've been married for a good while. Uh, we're, we're working our way towards 40 years. And, and uh, we were married in 1978. And um, so we're now at 36 years. And uh, we, 
we had waited six years before we had our first child, and I had already gone to Chicago to start a church. And in fact, while we were expecting our first son, who is now our assistant pastor here, um, we went to Chicago, and we, I, I was accepted into a, a, a college program and given a full scholarship. I mean, thousands of dollars to pay for it, including an apartment and the rent. So I told the Lord, the Lord told me, I was at a general conference. The Holy Ghost said, I'm calling you to Chicago. They're gonna, you're going to get a call from that university, and that's where you're to go. And uh, because they're going to pay for everything, I'm going to take care of you, and you're going to start a church. And so I, I called this friend. She had no, I mean, it was like Shaco. And uh, I said, honey, I'm at general conference. She was, she was uh, back in Memphis. And I said, I'm, I'm, the Lord spoke to me at the service, and, and you better sit down. We are going to Chicago to start a church. And so before December, before, uh, no, no, not before Christmas, right between Christmas and New Year's, we packed up. Her parents, the Smiths, lived in Memphis. They helped us. We moved everything that we had, which was not very much. And we moved it to Chicago, and we began a a church in Chicago. And in April... Our first son was born. And when he was three days old, the doctor said, this child has a heart condition. We're gonna have, we may have to do surgery immediately. We don't, we don't expect it, but it could be within so many months. And in fact, it was when he was, uh, I'm going to say three or four months old. Was that, is that right? Okay, he had his first open heart surgery. I want you to know this was a preacher that was stunned. I was stunned. And four open heart surgeries later, he had four open heart surgeries, but uh, what, uh, well, three open heart surgeries. One was, that wouldn't be called open heart. Okay, so he had four heart surgeries before he was six years old. And I want you to know this was a preacher that was absolutely beyond belief. In, so what, what are you trying to say, Brother French? I'm trying to say that when I am teaching you to give thanks in everything, I'm not saying that it's easy. It isn't easy, but it is the will of God concerning you that you give thanks. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the holy. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 okay. See, I'm not going to get through this. I'm not going to get through this lesson because you're pushing me. You're trying to get me stirred up. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. You're not. Okay. So in everything, my, my point is this. If you think it's trite, if you think it's silly, you think that's just a little verse in the scripture, You really need to think again. Because when you give thanks in the midst of everything, no matter what it is, it's a very powerful, biblical, Christian principle. And I think we should just lift our hands and give the Lord thanks here today. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is that's going on, Lord, it's not just because it's thanksgiving, but it's because in everything... We are praising you and we love you, Lord. Now, this is a little different than what we looked at a few days ago because we were looking at another. I'll come back to that. But in this scripture, uh, what I'm doing here, I know some of you are going to be shocked. See, I have to, I'm interested in ancient language. I have a degree in ancient language. And so uh, I've put here the Greek here for in everything, in ponti. Ponti, actually, there's the emphasis, which means I'm going to suggest, I'm going to say you can do your own checking, that this then means in the midst of. Okay, so that right in the middle 
It doesn't, I'm not limiting it to that. I'm telling you though, see this used to really bother me. Sister French can tell you, I'm, I'm trying not to get emotional. Uh, I do want to cover several things and if I get emotional then I, I get all caught up in that. But <clears throat> when you're going through a tough time, which you will in life, if you live very long, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to face things, of course. Um, <clears throat> and of course the devil wants you to blame God. See, that's what the devil does. Just like now, for example. Well, I'm I, okay, okay. I, I'm just not going to get, I'm not getting off. Oh, I'm staying on target today. All right. So in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. See, that is a very, very powerful truth. That if we will praise the Lord. In other words, love God. Trust God. You say, well, yes, but look, it's what's happening to me. Well, yes, but. But we still have to trust God. What if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death? What if you're walking through the most difficult time of your life? Are you just going to give up and say, oh, well, God's worthless now? No, no, no. No, God is never worthless. He is always praiseworthy. And so in everything, this, by the way, folks, is a biblical principle that is, uh, is hardly ever, is that correct English? Is hardly ever in Christian circles, observed. Of course, in Christian circles, a whole lot of Bible that's not observed. But my point is, it is because it is so complex and difficult to realize that no matter... Listen, you may be depressed. You may be discouraged. You may, someone may hate you. Someone may be lying about you. I've never... There's nothing I've ever faced in the world like being lied about. And you say, well, you're going to thank God in the middle of that? Yes, I've got to give God thanks. And I want to tell you the truth about it is, you know what? Sometimes you don't even want to give God thanks. You just want to say, "Mm, Lord, pity party. Oh, Lord. You know, you want to tell the Lord what a pitiful party you're having. And he does care. I'm not trying to knock that. Of course, not because it's, it's pity, but because he loves you. He cares about you. And so in all things, give thanks right in the middle of it, no matter what it is. Now, um, I, I will admit there have been times in my uh, see here. I've got here. I go. Uh, there have been times that I, I couldn't do what I tried to give him. Thanks in the middle of it. Sister French, is this story? Am I telling this story correctly? That at one point, was it Jonathan that we went to Sister uh, Who's the Nona Freeman? Was it Jonathan? See, after, so we had a, a second son that had cancer when he was two years old. And so we were, had been through all this heart and a million dollars worth of medical bills. And, and, uh, and Jonathan, who's here, I know I'm embarrassing them. I, I, I'm not going to do this very often. I'm doing it today. Then, then that's it. We'll hang it up for a few years. I won't talk about it. But, uh, but, uh, Sister Freeman, if you know who I'm talking about, from Louisiana, she's missionary to South Africa, had come back and, and just a powerful, powerful lady. And she was speaking. We were at a meeting, and Sister French was there. And so she went up to, I'm not going to give you the whole circumstance because I don't want to embarrass anybody. And so uh, Sister French went to Sister Freeman and said, I, I really, uh, I really want to know about because he was on chemo it was about that we were talking about taking this chemo and i'm going to tell you what sister freeman said 
and I'm watching to make sure I don't get it wrong, because I wasn't there. Sister French is the one that related to me when she that event. But Sister Freeman basically said, not word for word, but because I didn't write it down, but she basically said, you can take that chemo even if God has healed him. See, that was the question we had. What if God healed him and we're on chemo? Oh, Jesus. I, I can't talk. I can't talk about this. And, and she said, you can take the chemo and give God thanks through all of it. Just give him thanks the whole time. And just say, thank you, Jesus. And, and start thanking God. And, and when you look at, don't, don't say uh, like your enemy, for example. I'm, now I'm changing gears. I'm telling, I'm, now I'm uh, commentary a little bit. So, so you got an enemy that wants to kill you. And so you say, thank you, Jesus, for my enemy. I thank you, Lord, for whatever it is you're trying to do in me through my enemy. And then, of course, Lord, I pray that you'll cause the springs to come up through the seat and knock him out of the chair. But I pray and I give you thanks for my enemy. In other words, you don't, you don't say he's not an enemy. Right. I, I, have, I have these people that tell me. Now listen, listen some of you are not going to listen to me, but listen, listen, listen. I have these people, they're all over the place. They say, well, just pretend you don't have cancer. Just tell you, I don't have cancer. And they said, that, they call that faith. I said, that's not faith. Right. Telling, yourself that, telling yourself a lie cannot be the truth. That comes from something else. And now I'm, I know some people will never get it. They're going to, they're, all their life they're going to think, oh, you're supposed to tell yourself, because uh, then they get these scriptures and then they, they, they misinterpret them, that you're supposed to say, uh, well, I'm, I'm not sick. Or say, I'm a millionaire. That's, I'm, I'm serious. They come to me and say, they learned this at a church that they're supposed to say to themselves, I'm a millionaire. I, yeah, but you're broke. You don't have, a, I'm, I'm helping, I'm giving you canned goods right now. You don't even have enough food. Yeah, I know, but I tell myself every day I'm a millionaire. That isn't what you should be doing. What you ought to be doing is praising God in the middle of what you're going through. All right, hallelujah. So we should be thanking God right in the middle of everything that's going on. Not because it's easy, but because it's true. Now, on Wednesday, we talked about Ephesians 5. Today, 1 Thessalonians 5. But it says, giving thanks always for, everyone say for, and not because, everyone say not because, you don't give, you don't thank God because you're dying. You thank God for everything. You say, well, I'm not sure what the distinction is. Well, then get the tape and, and take a look at that from Wednesday night. It's a very powerful truth. But in essence, my humble opinion is that Ephesians 5 and 1 Thessalonians 5 are saying identical things. That you give him, it, when you say it for all things, you are saying, I am thanking you, Lord, for whatever is going on. Even though I'm still praying against enemies, how many knows that we ought to pray for our country? I pray for ISIS, but I pray that our enemies will be brought down. I pray for healing, and I pray, I pray, Lord, let your will be done in the midst of it while I'm still believing God. How many knows that we can believe and trust God in the midst of every circumstance? Now, this is, uh, I'm sure you've noticed that it's sitting there, but uh, this is a quote from Kennedy that I was unaware of until fairly recently as we and 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 i 
uh, I just took that. Uh, I forget where I got this. But anyway, now the giving thanks at the top, I put that there. But the actual card I got. In other words, I didn't create that. That's not a PowerPoint. That's an actual card. As we express our gratitude, which is, of course, another word. Uh, gratis is, of course, you know, that's Latin for to be thankful. Uh, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation, and there's another word, but is not to utter words, but to live by them. Although you need to say it. It's not like the husband that said, listen, I told you 50 years ago when I married you, I loved you, and that sticks until I revoke it. No, 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 that's, that's a bunch of nonsense. And, and, and by the way, that guy, I, I don't know how he got through 50 years of that. It's probably a joke. It probably didn't happen. But anyway, that, that's the little story that's out. Now, Psalm 118, 24 says, let's read it together. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Can we praise the Lord right now? That's what this scripture is telling us to do. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, it didn't say if it's uh, sunny out. When I, uh, I've been here pretty early, but when the first usher came in and I was out there, I told him, uh, I don't know if he's in here, I waved and I said, uh, do we need to build an ark? Because it had been raining. Because I love the rain, and, and, uh, but I, and I've never built an ark. But, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, it doesn't say, okay, let's look at the day and see if the stocks went up, and then I'll rejoice. No, it doesn't say that. It said this, the reason I rejoice is because the Lord gave me this day. (laughs) This is the day the Lord hath made, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You see what I'm saying. Now, uh, the sinner may not think so. He may think his breath comes from evolution. And some monkey way back there just sort of evolved into something. And then, then they died and then it kept evolving. And then, and then over maybe a million years it changed a little bit. And then a little more. Hey, if I believed that, I'd have almost no hope whatsoever. If I actually believed that all of this just was an accident. And that your life is nothing more than an accident. Folks, I want to tell you that's why we're in the mess we're in as a culture. Because people are buying into lies that make really no sense whatsoever. Someone said, well, there's dinosaur bones in the earth and, and, uh, and, and a horse's hoof changed over time. What? I didn't say a horse's hoof didn't change. I said, you didn't come from monkeys and we didn't evolve from nothing. We were made by the hand of God and we give him praise. This day, this day, now listen, I'm, I'm getting a little loud. This day was given to you by the Lord. And no matter what happens, I don't mean that if something happens, it's bad that you ought to just buck up, man. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I am not saying that. I am saying that God gave you this day and you need to be thankful for it. No matter what is there, no matter what's in that day, (laughs) you need to give God thanks. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, my word. Goodness gracious. What have y'all been doing? 
All right, let's keep going. Now, um, I better look here. Okay, I, I, I need to go a little more quickly. Now, the whole tradition of Thanksgiving as a national deal, of course, we know that Lincoln signed the papers and all that. None of that makes any difference. I'm not, I, I, I mean, I enjoy it. I love studying it and so on. But here's what's interesting to me. See, we're, we're in a culture that's become, what, what the, the typical terminology is politically correct. In other words, you, you can no longer, we, we're too smart now. You can't say a man and a woman are supposed to be married. You can't say that anymore. Because politically, no matter if it's just 1% of the people that think it, we, 1% of the people control the minds of like television and so forth. It just controls people's minds. To where they dictate to people what they're going to think about things. Or they think they do. They, they, obviously they don't. But they think that they do. And then people live in fear. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. I better not talk about a, a, the birth of Jesus in the manger. Oh my goodness. Oh, I can't say Christmas. So you can't say uh, Merry Christmas. You have to say Happy Holidays. Because that's politically correct. Now, you say, what are you talking about? Well, in the middle of this culture. And I'm not suggesting that there's something wrong with saying Happy Holidays. Or that there's something wrong uh, with uh, using certain terminology if, it, if, if, if someone's offended. For example, uh, I have, uh, I have uh, Hindu friends. I have Islamic friends. I have uh, Jewish friends. I don't just try to insult them with my Christian uh, terminology. That's not the point. The point is that America was founded upon. Now think, think about this. The nation was founded upon the value of praising God and belief that God is the one that caused the nation to even be founded. So uh, here we go. Just a little, little trip through history. So, uh, so, and, and all of this means that the, 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 the day of Thanksgiving is based upon the value of faith and family. God, faith, and family. Okay, now the first one, let's look at this one. Now, this is a picture. Now, this picture uh, doesn't, I, I, don't, I can't do an art lesson, but, but I drew a little arrow, and there's William Bradford. William Bradford, of course, in the politically correct world now, you can't even teach about him in, in public schools because he was a Christian. He founded the first colony in America, and everything came from that. But now you have to say, well, uh, and, and so on. So uh, let me get off of that. My, my point is that, here we're looking at hundreds of years of faith in a nation that said, we prayed. Now, I'm going to show you his prayer, but I, I want you to see this first. Now, there he is. They're, they're getting ready. This, this is the, uh, I think that's the name of the picture, but I'm, I'm not positive. Uh, I'd have to look it back up. But the embarkation, in other words, uh, they're getting ready to leave. Now, why would you paint a picture? Of people leaving England to sail to the new world because he's the founder of America. Not in a strict sense because he didn't found the nation, but he founded the first colony so that he could leave England because King James was persecuting the Puritans. Isn't that what it says there? So the Puritans were being persecuted. And I'm telling you, they were being persecuted. And so they decided for their faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> My goodness, I wasn't, this was supposed to be just a real simple lesson. And I'm, I'm all emotional about it. 
So they set sail. You can see that. There's the dates. And you, you don't really care. But let me show you now. Let, let's read his. Uh, now, this is hard to read. And some of you are nervous. And let me, let me check the time. All right, we're good. Being thus past ye. Now, ye evidently was Old English for um, the. So I'm going to just say ye and you figure it out. Being thus past ye vast ocean and a sea of troubles before in their preparation as may be remembered by it. Is that it which went before? I think that's true. I, I'm having, it's a little hard to read because this is the original. This is not fooled with. They had now no friends to welcome them. That was the two L's there. I didn't put them there. That's, I've taken this directly from his journal. Nor ends to entertain or refresh their weather-beaten bodies and that's the way he spelled it. That's old English. No houses or much less towns to repair to, to seek for succor. All right, all that is directly from his journal. And then I, I'm skipping down. I just, I just picked what I want to read for a few seconds here. They had little power to help them or themselves. And how ye uh, case strode between them uh, and ye merchants at their coming away hath already been declared. Now, look, it's read now. What could not sustain them but ye spirit, in other words, the spirit of God and his grace? Question mark. <laughs> May not and ought not the children of these fathers rightly say, our fathers were Englishmen which came over this great ocean and were ready to perish in this wilderness. But they cried unto ye Lord, and he heard their voice and looked on their adversity at all. I'm assuming that's what that means. Let them therefore praise ye, Lord, because he is good and his mercies endure forever. That's out of the journal of the founder of the first colony in America. And Thanksgiving came from Bradford's journal and the very first Thanksgiving with, of course, the Indians. What a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm proud to be a, a part of a nation that was founded on principles that say, someone said, no, we're founded on Wall Street. No, we're not founded on Wall Street. There's a Wall Street because of Christian principles. And the fact that somebody abuses them now and would rather have almighty dollar than to have the almighty himself, that's, that's somebody else's problem. All right, now, so here's the scripture in Chronicles he's referring to. Oh, let's read it together. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. So I put a little note there, a little a sticky note. It's, it's, it, when I, the pixels weren't strong enough for me to do what I did to it. But you need to, tack, you need to make an, a concerted effort this year to give God thanks because he is good. In everything that you do, you should give God thanks because he's good. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. Now, here we have the compact, the Mayflower Compact. Now, how many knows what the Mayflower Compact was? All right? So this is the Thanksgiving. Uh, this, is the, uh, <laughs> this is the agreement that the 101 that were on the ship, the Mayflower, and they made an agreement that they were going to live according to the word of God. And I'm going to read the, the, it's not very long. I just took this, I couldn't 
I didn't want to cover the whole picture. Having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, which, of course, uh, that's true. They didn't end up in Virginia, but that's, uh, that's a long story. But anyway, do by these presents, solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic signed by the, the, the at the top of course uh, Bradford and Standish um, <clears throat> now here's a here's another picture of the the very first Thanksgiving so they had a horrible time uh, which I don't have time to even talk about but it was very very uh, dreadful loss of life uh, and and they suddenly realized that they worked with the Indians who were friendly uh, they they could get the food and they'd figure out how to get past it. And so by March 1621 now, not all that long, but through the winter up March, it's, uh, of course, March in uh, Massachusetts is still pretty cool. They began working with a Massasoit who was the head of what were, what are known as the, let me see if I can say it right, Pakanakit, which is a important uh, segment of a tribe of Indians up in the in the Northeast, but they they were different, say, from Iroquois, in that Iroquois was like a nation. For example, they had a a, a, a chief. I was going to say a king, but they had a chief, and everybody did what the chief said. That's Iroquois. That, that's a typical, we might say, American Indian a way of, of handling government. But not uh, the Pakanakit Indians. They believed in independent rule so that every area had its own leaders. They, they worked together, but they didn't just everybody do because someone over there told us what to do. And it opened up in them the belief that they could work with the Englishmen and that produced the first harvest. And this picture, I realize it's just a portrait. It has nothing to do with reality. It's just a portrait. But it is a, an attempt, and I do believe these are uh, Pakanakit, uh, 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 that's the way that, that's the type of dress. And Indians are differ all across the, the continent, the way they would dress. And so they came together, and it, lives were saved. And from that came the first Thanksgiving. Now, I know that we didn't start as a nation celebrating Thanksgiving, but how many knows that the church has always been giving thanks unto God for founding our nation? And I, I wonder if we could just lift our hands, and I'm almost done. I've got to get out of the way. Could we just pray for America, pray for President Obama and our Congress and our, our government? Let's ask God to have his way in our nation. Lord, these are difficult times. We're at war. We have all kinds of issues across our globe not the least of which is the need, Lord, to turn back to you and find you. And so we give you praise and ask you to bless in Jesus' name. So when you are, when you are worshiping the Lord, Psalm 100 said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So we worship. There's, you simply cannot worship. If you're worshiping and you're not giving thanks, then that's not true worship. Something's wrong with it. You need to, you need to deal with that. And so uh, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And so what brings this about is realizing that God is good. 
And that's Psalm 107. This is our last scripture. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Everybody say his goodness. Can you think about the goodness of God and what God has done in your life? Something powerful, something wonderful. And let's stand. I'm all done. We're going to stop here. But look here. I want this picture to come up. I don't want you to be startled. So when your hands are folded and you are wondering how good God has been to you, remember that there are many others that do not have it as good as you have it. Now, does that mean you shouldn't strive to be everything you can be? Of course not. You should strive to be everything your heart longs to be in the presence of God. But remember, you are blessed by a good God. Praise God. Can we thank him for his goodness here just for a moment? Father, we love you. We appreciate your blessings upon this church. I pray you'll bless today every heart. Lord, everyone that's joined us today in Jesus' name.